gonna invite you guys to take a seat. If you don't have a Bible uh, or something to write with or something to write on to take notes, there's uh, communion tables in all four corners. Uh, feel free to stand up and get one of those right now if you don't have one. We're going to be using that today. Um, if you're using one of our Bibles, we're going to be on page 62 uh, in Exodus 33 today, just to give you a heads up of where we're going. Um, my name is Larkin. I'm the campus pastor here in e- at Ethos in Hillsborough Village. And just what an awesome day so far already. This is just like a ton of fun. Um, we had these cool balloons and stuff. And, you know, happy birthday, Hillsborough Village. You know, we've been in Hillsborough Village worshiping together, loving God together, loving people together, trying to awaken a movement in this part of the city for a year. Uh, and that's something to celebrate. And uh, I'm excited to get to explore what God is doing in our midst today. So as I was kind of preparing uh, to teach this week, I just kind of kept thinking about birthdays. Um, Birthdays are just fun, aren't they? You know, who's who's had a birthday, right? Um, We've all had a birthday. Uh, Okay, really? Like, show of hands? Okay, sorry. Um, We've all had birthdays. And I I remember when I was little, birthdays were just the bomb.com. Like, they were so fun to have birthdays. And I loved going all out for my birthdays. Um, My dad was on staff at our church. We had a pretty big church facility. And so we could like get the keys to the church building and we would do this like epic lock-in where, I mean, I would invite all my friends and we would just like play German spotlight. We would play tag. We would rollerblade through the aisles, you know, like my dad didn't know about that, but you know, we still did it. It was fun. We watched movie on the sanctuary projector screen and just like had a blast. Like I just loved going all out for birthdays. And when, when you're little, um, birthdays are just so fun. You just celebrate the person whose birthday it is, you know? So it was like, it's all about Larkin, you know? Like, celebrate me, give me presents, you know, I get the new thing, we get to sing happy birthday and eat, eat my favorite cake and do my favorite things. And, and that, that was what birthdays were about. And uh, as you get older, don't birthdays just kind of transition a little bit? Uh, sometimes you, you don't, I mean, I wish today I could still have a birthday and go play German Spotlight and, and do all those things. Some, somehow that it became uncool to do as an adult. But, you know, uh, when, you, when you get it to an adult, uh, birthdays just kind of transition, right? And one of, uh, one of my favorite traditions that uh, Virginia, my wife, her family does on people's birthdays. Whenever it's someone's birthday in their family, they, they have a dinner and they just celebrate that person by affirming and encouraging who they are. And, and they call it kind of speaking the truth of who someone is over them and just speaking these truths and encouraging and affirming. And, and I, I just love that picture of, of a birthday. And so as we think about our birthday here today at Ethos in Hillsborough Village, birthday number one, um, it's going to be a lot more like that adult birthday dinner where we, where we come together and we don't celebrate who Ethos is. We don't lift up the name of Ethos, but we speak the truth of who God is. We remind ourselves in our hearts why we're doing what we're doing. Like, why in the world that we're here in Hillsborough Village in 2015 in this place, singing songs and meeting together every week? Like, why do we do this? We speak the truth of who God is over our hearts so that we can remember. And and hopefully, as as we do that, and as we kind of meditate on that idea, God will take us to a deeper place to be more desperate for him. So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 33 today. If you've been with us for a while, we've been in the book of Mark for a long time, and we're taking a little little bit of a detour today to, to kind of celebrate in a different way. Um, So while you're turning there, um, I just want to give you a little bit of background about what's leading us up to this point in the story. So we we haven't been in the Old Testament in a while as a church, so maybe uh, just a little refresher for us all. Uh, Leading up to this part of the story, God's been doing some amazing things with his people. Uh, If you remember, the, the people of God, the Israelites... 
They were in slavery in Egypt. So maybe you've seen Prince of Egypt. Like that's, that's the situation that they were in. They were in slavery under Pharaoh. And God uses this guy named Moses to deliver them out of slavery and, and to take them into what he calls the promised land. And, and this is God's promise to him people, his people. He says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deliver you. Uh, I'm gonna uh, be your God and I will lead you to the promised land where you can live and you can find life and occupy uh, this land. And so God has just done amazing things in their midst. He's, he's performed these miracles. He's parted the Red Sea so that they could escape the Egyptians. Like God has just done these amazing things in their midst. And the whole purpose of it was that so God could be with his people. Uh, th- so that God could be near his people with his presence. Or in other words, God wanted to have intimacy with his people. He wanted to be near his people. And the problem is that the Israelites, just like you and me, uh, have really short-term memories, short-term spiritual memories, and it, and it gets them in trouble. So in the chapter directly before this, they, they make some really foolish choices that, that cause, instead of nearness with God, it causes separation from God. It causes distance from the presence of God. So they, 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 Moses goes up on a mountain to, to speak with God, to hear from God, and they get impatient and they wonder whether he's coming back, and they're like, uh, let's just do our own thing. And they make this golden calf out of, uh, out of gold. They make a calf out of gold, and they start worshiping it and dancing around it, and Moses comes off the mountain. He's like, what happened? Like, three days ago, we passed through the Red Sea. Like, what are you doing? And it's this moment where the people forget. Uh, their spiritual short-term memory gets them in trouble, and it causes distance from the presence of God. And God has this holy anger towards, their pe- towards the people uh, for their rebellion, for their sin against him. And that's where we pick up in chapter 33, uh, in Exodus chapter 33, where Moses, right after this has happened, goes to God to plead with God and to ask God to have a conversation with God. So let's pick it up, chapter, three verse, or chapter 33, verse one, it's on page 62, for using one of our Bibles. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, And go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Lots of ites. So so go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. (laughs) It's hard words. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn. So this is the situation. God has said, hey, I'm sending an angel before you to deliver you and to give you this promise. It's like, if I woke up in the morning and God was like, hey, so angel, like there's an angel gone before you, gonna deliver you from all the moments of difficulty, just gonna del- like right into your hands. Everything will be easy. I'll be like, sweet, let's do this. Like awesome day ahead of me. And, and what Moses has the, the opportunity for here is to take the promises of God without the presence of God. That's what is before Moses in this moment. The, the promises of God, the plans of God being fulfilled in his life and in, with these people, but completely devoid of the presence of God. God just tells Moses, he's like, I made a promise to you, made a promise to your ancestors before you, and I'm a faithful and trustworthy God that will come through on those promises, but my presence, my nearness, I, I will not be with you. You will not experience the life that comes from my presence because of the choices that you have made. Now, I want us to think about this question from the place that you and I are in today, like 2015 in Hillsborough Village celebrating our birthday. It's like God has done amazing things over the past year, right? So think about how God delivered the Israelites out of slavery, you know, d- deliver them out of this oppression. Did these amazing things, part of the Red Sea, they walked through the water. 
God is leading them to new life. And in the same way, I think we've seen some of those same things here in our midst in the past year. Like God has delivered us out of oppression. Like we've seen people in this place, like break free from chains that held them down, break free of slavery. Had people get baptized, like pass through their own water of the Red Sea, so to speak. And, And we've seen God giving all of us like new life, more of himself. This is what has happened in our midst. You guys have just leveraged your time, leveraged your resources for the sake of the underserved and the poor in our community over at Aikens Elementary. I mean, you guys are awesome. God has done amazing things through you, just like blessing the socks off these kids in so many different ways, serving the school, blessing these families. You've been generous. You've given your resources to support what God is doing here in Hillsborough Village and, and all around the world. I mean, God has taken us in this room from like 25 people uh, meeting at 5 p.m. Uh, a couple times a month at prayer gatherings to two worship gatherings that are like full of people worshiping God. Like, how awesome is that? What has God done in our midst? It's amazing. And it's like, in light of this, how do we go forward? In light of all that God has done, what do we do next? What is our response? Will we forget that the presence of God is the goal? In these moments, we have to decide, just like Moses did, will we move forward, both individually and as a community, content with just the promises or the plans, the benefits of knowing God, or will we move forward desperate for his presence? I want to see what Moses says in response to God. Let's jump down to verse 12 and see what Moses says in response. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Verse 15, and this is one we'll key in on here in a few minutes. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from this place. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and, that, and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Man, this is just phenomenal. Oh, if we as a church, if we as a people could get a hold of this. Verse 15 is one of my favorite statements in the whole Bible. When Moses says to God, if your presence is not with me, I'm not taking another step. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, don't, take, don't take me anywhere in life if your presence is not with me. Moses is desperate for the presence of God more than just the promises or the plans of God in his life. For the Israelites, that promise came in the form of this land that they would be given by God. That was the promise of God. That was the benefit of being God's people for Moses and the Israelites. And I don't wanna just leave this in the Old Testament. Like what are the promises, what are the benefits of knowing God for us today? You know, God has delivered us from our own slavery and given us new life that he has prepared for us. And it's like, will we be content with just, okay, I got the the get out of jail free card with God. Like, I'm forgiven of my sin, like I'm saved, like, okay, now I'm just gonna kind of go do my own thing. 
just kind of live my life how I want to live it for my plans, for my purposes, to live by my desires and my design? Like, is that our response to what God has done? Maybe it's even more than that. God has done so much, and are we content just doing things for God, or are we desperate to know God? How easy is it to just move forward in our lives without actually like, having the presence of God in our lives? Another way to put it is, I think it's so easy to be spiritually active for God, but not be spiritually intimate with God. Isn't that so true? It's so true for me. It's so easy to like show up in this place every week and just do the, the motions, like go through the, the things that we always do and forget that it's like the goal is to know God. The goal is to be desperate for God. It's like, are we content just showing up in a venue and singing songs? Are we content just to serve on a volunteer team because that's a good thing to do? Are we content just to give our money every once in a while or serve at a school in our community every once in a while? Those things are so awesome. They're amazing parts of living on mission with who God is. But if we do those things without spiritual intimacy with the presence of God, not only will, be, will we be an ineffective people for the kingdom of God, but we will miss out on the joy of life in God. Man, would we be desperate for God, not what just God gives us, not the benefits of the relationship with God. Like we wouldn't do that in marriage, right? It's like, hey, uh, I'd like to get married to you so that I can have a nice house and have all the money uh, from your job and have all the things that, that you will give me in the relationship. It's like, what do we call those people? gold diggers. Somebody said that. I was like, so don't be spiritual gold diggers, right? No, I can't believe I just said that. Um, This is the moment. It's like, are we going to come to God because of what we get from God? Or are we going to come to God to get God? That is the goal. The presence of God is the goal because that's what sets us apart. Like Moses said, he said, how will we be set apart? How will people know that we're any different from anyone else if we don't have your presence? It's not that we come into a venue and celebrate every week like this. That's not what sets us apart. It's it's not that we serve our community and bless the neighborhoods and the schools in our community. That's not what sets us apart. It's not that we come to this place and it's like a great opportunity to meet other people and network and like have friends and do house church. That's not what sets us apart. If those were the things that set us apart, it's like there are far better things to do with your Sunday mornings. There are far better organizations to serve the community in Nashville, and there are far better places to meet people. Those are not what sets us apart as a people. What sets us apart is the actual, real presence of a living God in our midst and in our hearts. Oh, would we be desperate for his presence, desperate to know him, desperate to know his word. This next year, let's not be content just with our plans. Uh, with the ideas that we come up with, the things that we think are best. Let's not be content to just show up in a room and sing songs and listen to sermons. Like, let's not grow content with the status quo inside the box American dream Christianity. That's not the limit of what God has for us. Let's be desperate for his presence alone. And if his presence is what we're after, if this is the thing we want, if we don't wanna be just content with the benefits of knowing God and the promises of God, How do we make that happen? What do we do? Like, how do we actually take a step towards making that a reality in our life and not just a desire? I wanna look what the presence of God looked like for Moses and then we'll kind of see what it looks like for us today. So jump back with me to verse eight. 
Back in the time of the Israelites, whenever someone wanted to meet with God, uh, and it can only be like a select few, few people from the nation of Israel, they went out to this place called the Tent of Meeting. And this is where God would meet with, with the high priest or with Moses. And I wanna, would you just, I wanna take you into this moment that, that would happen in verse eight. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, a pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshiped each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks with a friend. Like picture this, like Moses starts walking toward the tent and you with the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Israelites in the camp, get up and you go stand at the door of your own tent. Moses is walking by and all eyes are fixed on Moses as he walks in front of you and your family down towards the tent. And you watch him go in there and a cloud comes down and covers it. And all the community of Israel stands in silent awe because someone is meeting with God. Like big moment. It's like this is crazy for them. That's what the presence of God, that's what meeting with God and communing with God looked like for the Israelites, looked like for Moses. Is that what we do today? Do, do we come into this place to hear one person talk about their meeting with God sometime that week? Man, if, you're, if you came in here, like, and I am, if I'm the person you're depending on to hear about who God is, we're in trouble. Like, that is not how we interact with who God is. We gather in here today not to go up on a mountain or to go into a tent. Man, listen to this. Through Jesus Christ, you and I in this room have become the tent. How cool is that? Like, this is amazing. I want to I tell you kind of how this happened. Uh, a few thousand years after this story, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is born and, and walks on earth, lives a perfect life. We've been studying this for the past few weeks, but he's crucified he, he dies on the cross and takes the punishment for our sin that you and I deserve. He takes that punishment from God so that you and I would no longer be slaves to our sin, would not be slaves to our old lives, but could know God. Jesus comes back from the grave, proclaims victory over sin and death. And right before he leaves, this is what Jesus says to his followers. He says, I'm going back to the Father, but God is going to send his spirit to be with you. That's Jesus' promise. And a few weeks after that, after Jesus promises that, and this is in Acts chapter two, the prayer of Moses thousands of years earlier is answered. You know, Moses had prayed, God, will your presence be with us? Will you give your presence to your people? He's crying out for the presence of God. And in Acts chapter two, at the day of Pentecost, the presence of God is poured out into the hearts of people who believe in God. There's this group of people up in this room praying and asking for the presence of God and like God just pours out his spirit and fills the people. It's this amazing moment and 1 Corinthians 3.16, we'll, we'll talk about this and say, do you not know that you are now the temple, the tent of God and that the spirit of God now dwells in you? This is amazing. 
Like through Jesus Christ, we have become the tent of God that we would have access to God on a moment-by-moment basis. Oh, this is something Old Testament saints would have just like dreamed of. Uninhibited access to the heart of God, communion with God at any moment, access to God at all times and on places, all places. No tent, no temple, the presence of God with us in each moment, leading us, guiding us, and transforming us. This is the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within us. Man, this is a miraculous, unbelievable, indescribable privilege that we have. And in light of this, how can I be so content, filling up my life so much that I neglect the presence of God living within me? Man, how can I forsake this privilege, the presence of the living God living inside of me? So what is our response to this, that God has done this so that we could know God? In Acts chapter two, when when God pours out his presence on these people, uh, uh, the people of God start displaying these crazy things and God just moves in these amazing ways. And the people that witness it, they ask Peter, one of the disciples, they say, Peter, what should we do about this? What do we do in light of what God has done? And, And Joshua read this earlier. They ask Peter, and this is Peter's response. He says, God raised Jesus to life. We are all witnesses of this fact. Being therefore exalted to the right hand of God, you have received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this spirit that you yourselves are seeing and hearing in this moment. And then Peter asks, Peter, what should we do? This is what Peter says. He says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins so that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the life that's available to all of us. And it's only possible through the placing of our faith in the person of Jesus Christ, the living God. In just a moment, uh, we're going to open up the opportunity for anyone in this room to place their faith in Jesus through baptism, uh, to receive the presence of God, to receive forgiveness for sins. And just like Peter said, what do you do in light of what God has done? We, we place our faith in him. Um, baptism is this symbol that we get to partake in. Um, and uh, it, when you place your faith in Jesus, we get to participate in this symbol. Uh, when we are baptized into the water, we participate in the death of Jesus Christ, where our old lives, our sin nature is done away with. And, and then when we are raised out of the water, we participate in the resurrection of who God is, who Jesus is. And we participate in the new life that, brings, that, that is brought to us. 2 Corinthians 5 will say, you're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. This is what baptism is. And God promises anyone who places faith in Jesus will be forgiven, will receive the Holy Spirit. And this is the opportunity that's before all of us today. If you're thinking about getting baptized, some of the, like, I, I remember before I was baptized, before I placed my faith in Jesus, I used to always think, man, I need to clean myself up a little more. Like I need to be a little further down the road so that God will be a little more pleased with me. And man, that is just such a wrong way to think if if that's where you are today. The whole point of baptism is to declare that we have no hope of being better, of being good, of being worthy apart from Jesus. And we go down to the water and we come out of the water as a declaration that we need him. We have a horse trough that you probably saw out in the front, uh, out on the patio. And um, it's not holy water. It's just like regular warm water, you know, out of the sink, you know? And so we have clothes. If you didn't bring clothes, you're like, I don't have any clothes to change it. We have clothes in every size. And uh, we've tried to remove all the obstacles of, of you placing faith in Jesus today. 
This is the opportunity that's before us. If you're a believer in Christ already, if you have already like given your life to Jesus, but you've not been baptized and you've kind of been thinking about doing that, you're so welcome to do that today. Uh, sometimes it's, it's confusing. It's like, man, if I already believed, do I need to get baptized? And it's like, this is just an, a, the next step that we get to participate in our journey with Jesus, to participate in the declaration before our friends, before our family, before our community. This is what my life is about. I am giving my life fully to the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we, and we put our faith in Jesus. So if you'd like to be baptized today, if you've never been baptized, just come talk to us in a, in a few minutes when we have a time of response. All of us today uh, have the opportunity, not just to be baptized, but to receive more of the presence of God. So this is what I want all of us uh, in just a few minutes. This is what we're all gonna pray. This is what we're all gonna long for. It's all gonna be desperate for is for more of the presence of God. There's this really interesting thing in the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament where there's this one-time receiving of the Holy Spirit when you place faith in Jesus and you move from being far from God to being in the family of God. You receive salvation. But there's this other aspect of the Holy Spirit that the book of Acts talks about where people cry out for more of God and God will pour out in fresh ways like newness of his Holy Spirit into someone's life in different places and in different times for different reasons. And people will cry out over and over, God, give us more of you. Would you fill us in a fresh way? Would you anoint us with your spirit in a fresh way? That's why we sing that song earlier. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my life. Let us become more aware of your presence. Like let us receive more of who you are. That's why we say that, to receive more of who God is into our lives. So in just a moment, we're we're gonna open up the opportunity to be like desperate for God's presence, to cry out together individually for more of God's presence in our lives, to cry out as a community that God's presence would lead us and guide us as we go into the next year. Not content just with our plans and the things we can come up with and the benefits of being the people of God, but like actually knowing God, actually having more of God. This is what we're after individually as a community. And this is the opportunity that's available to us today. For anyone, if you feel like you're any, like in a place of dryness, if you feel like you're in the desert spiritually and, and you're far from God, uh, I wanna invite you. Uh, we're gonna have a group of people back at the Respond Banner. It'll be Isaac and I'll be back there. Anna Rose will be back there. Joshua will be back there. And uh, if you just need somebody to pray for you, say, hey, I feel far from God. I feel like I'm in a dry place. I just want someone to pray for me that God would awaken the heart of my life. God would pour out the water of of who he is, of his presence onto the desert that my heart feels like in this moment. Come back and ask us. We would love to pray for you. So in just a moment, we're gonna stand up and take communion. And communion's on the four tables in the four corners of the room. Uh, You can kind of come to the middle and then go to the communion tables and come back on the edges uh, in the the corners of the room. And this is the opportunity. If you wanna be baptized, come back to the respond banner uh, and just say, hey, I want to be baptized. Or if you're interested in talking about that, just say, hey, I need to ask you a question about this. What do you think? And we would love to talk to you about it. And we'll show you where to change. We'll give you the clothes. We'll kind of walk through all of that with you. If you want someone to pray for you, if you want to receive more of God's presence, get with your friends, get with your family that you came with today. Come back to the respond banner. Just say, hey, I want more of God. Can you pray for me? We would love to partner with you in that. I love you guys. Let's, let's stand together as we worship, as we sing, as we respond in baptism, as we respond in prayer. Let's be desperate for the presence of God as we take communion together in response. I love you guys. Let's take communion together.